0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts.
1: This is the American Toffee Podcast your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by Alex Johnson and James Boyman.
0: Season's greetings to all of you toffees out there. Welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. James here, joined by Alex. Alex, how's it going? What is up,
1: everybody? It's going fantastic, man. I, I, I want to preface this episode by saying that I came to uh, another city to my parents' house to hang out with my grandparents and watch the match. So I'm recording on my phone, so don't be alarmed by slightly lesser audio quality. Um, but nonetheless, I'm doing fantastic after a win capped off by a, literally Dominic Calvert-Lewin doing his best Robin Van Persie impression.
0: It was a great header. I mean, first of all, just wanted to say hope everyone had a great holiday. If you celebrate Christmas, hope everyone, if you celebrate Hanukkah, is, believe that's going on right now. and. To cap it all off, we had what was, I mean, last night felt like Christmas Eve again for me. I was looking forward to this match so much. Our, Carlo Ancelotti's first game at the helm and escaped with three points. It feels really good. And against a resilient and well organized Burnley side, it's nothing to be ashamed of. 1 0, Calvert Lewin with a nice little header. Really, really well placed. I mean, literally nothing the keeper could do about it. Gets fortunate with it, of course, hitting the post and going in. But all in all, a really positive match. Alex, let's wind it back to. Let's see, it would have been 9 a.m. and the lineup drops, and we're all a little bit uh, surprised, I think. That's the first impression from a lot of people.
1: Yeah, so as you said, it did feel like Christmas Eve once again, and I was very skeptical as to, A, who might start. I mean, obviously, there were slightly less options due to so many injuries. Um, and, And then, B, how we would set up and what our tactics would look like, right? Mind you, Ancelotti just started on Monday. So he had a whole three days to get to know the squad a little bit better and to essentially kind of consider the opponent and how we might set up and what would work best. Obviously, I think to everyone involved, the biggest surprise would have been uh, Sadibe at right midfield. I did like the four-four-two setup, which was interesting that he went with what Dunk was doing. However, you know, I would say that from my perspective, and let me know what you think, James, it made the most sense, I think, to stick with the four-four-two. Um, we secured, I want to say, five points from three matches while Duncan Ferguson was in charge. Uh, since Marcos Silva has left, we've played a flat four-four-two in all of those matches against much tougher op- opposition than than Burnley. And so, I think, I think on such a quick turnaround with, with a new team and a new manager, the setup made sense.
0: Yeah, I, I, agree. Although I think there's an argument to be made that it wasn't even a 4-4-2, that it was at times a, a 3-4, 3-5-2. Um, Luca Dean and, and, Jabril Sidibe were out very wide on the, f- on the flanks. And though they did get back and do a fair amount defensively, it seemed like they were encouraged to get wide and get up the pitch and try to provide some kind of outlet. And then Coleman, interestingly enough, was like definitely playing more centrally. But the one thing I'll say about the, the formation today, that no matter what you classify it as, there was a lot of fluidity in the side. I mean, at times you had Coleman underlapping, overlapping on the right-hand flank. You had Bernard coming across through the middle. He was out wide. He was all over the place. Uh, and of course, the two strikers, the striking partnership of Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison, I think that was super important for for Ancelotti to maintain because that's been working so well for us. But we did see a very different uh tactical setup though the formations are arguably the same we saw of course going against a side like Burnley it's to be expected we know what Sean Dyche is going to going to put on the field a really organized they're going to sit deep and they're going to do what a lot of the the quote-unquote lower um, half of the Premier League table sides do which is don't try to concede be compact and then try to win with long balls and stuff in the air and I thought you know we find under Duncan Ferguson, I don't know if we had more than 50% possession in a single game today. We're looking at nearly 70%, of course, at home against Burnley. It makes sense, but it was nice to see some of the, um, you know, it's nice to have the ball a lot. Although at times we really struggled to break them down. I thought there are a lot of interesting moments with uh, playing through the middle specifically, which is something we didn't see much under Marco Silva. I thought we did a really nice job of breaking their lines through the middle and creating space in that, like, just across the midway the halfway line rather um and, and then getting the ball into that position where the midfielder or even striker in some cases can turn and start to to look to get the ball forward again or even play it back out wide and continue to have burnley players like shifting around and keeping them on their toes and unable to adjust so again really nicely done by ancelotti feels good to get three points on the
1: board yeah you're right it it definitely was more like a 352 um sometimes it's kind of hard to to stray away from what the graphic shows, right? But um, prime example was when Mason Holgate stepped up into central defensive midfield right after uh, kickoff the other the other week. But nonetheless, I thought it was a really it was a really nice showing. I thought the tactics were definitely interesting, right? As you said, Luca Dean at least was sitting up very high, um, and that's why it also made sense that Sadibe then started at quote unquote right midfield, right? Because in reality, he kind of played as a wing back. Um, and him specifically, I thought he played pretty well. But the thing that I really like to see the most, right, through the first about 15 to 20 minutes, we really struggled with their press. Their front three or four players were pressing our center backs and trying to cut off the passing lanes to our wing backs. And so it was making it very difficult for us. But next thing you know, you see Richarlison dropping in deep to be able to create a diamond between whatever player in the defense had the ball, our two central midfielders in Delph and Sigurdsson, and then you had Richarlison at the tip. And so then you saw over and over and over again a pass to break a line or two into Richarlison. And next thing you know, we're running towards goal. And and you know what? To be honest, under Marco Silva, you would have never seen that. You would have seen us continuously pass the ball to the sides and down the line. And the next thing you know, by the time we got the ball into the middle of the pitch, it was either A, a dead-end cross, or B, at the top of the box at about 25 yards out, with no option. So it was really nice to see that we were working the ball through the middle. And and the important thing for me in that instance was the change. Um, obviously, he was he would have been instructed to do so. And I think that, that shows a lot of tactical fluidity. And and I, I was really impressed by that. And I thought that that's when we really started to get a great handle on the match.
0: Yeah, all really good points that you bring to the table. I, I did think, one, it was very encouraging to see, I think, Mason Holgate specifically on the ball. Yerry Mina and Mason Holgate both looked really comfortable on the ball and in possession. Mason Holgate continues his really nice run of form right when we need him most. Got back to kind of his more natural position, I suppose, at center back today. And he was Burnley. He was sort of the the link that they couldn't really quite, they couldn't step up to in pressure. So he ended up having a lot of the ball and did a really nice job of driving and dictating play down the the left-hand flank alongside Luca Dean. I also thought that Fabian Delph, Um, returning from injury really showed what he brings to the side, his movement, his defensive work rate were, were excellent. Um, Gilfie Sigurdsson didn't have the most tangible impact. You may not have noticed, um, him popping up too much, but he actually, I believe had close to the second most passes, or I think he had the most passes, um, at least the highest pass percentage of any player on the pitch. So he, he had an impact, um, at times looked a little uncomfortable in that deeper-lying midfield role. But for the most part, um, that that duo did very well together. I think they sort of balanced each other out. Up front, I mean, Dominic Calvert-Lewin with the goal and really gave the back line of Burnley a lot to think about. Had some unfortunate first touches. You can tell he's still, of course, a work in, in progress. But the goal was extremely well taken, and he could have had a couple more as well just jumping around now, just picking out players again. I, I'll go back to Yuri Mina, holding down the center of our defense and did so extremely well. Um, and it's it's really encouraging to see what Ancelotti's been able to do in such a short amount of time.
1: Well, now that we're on the, on the topic of certain players, right? Someone that we haven't even mentioned once, I don't believe, that I think absolutely deserves it would be Bernard, right? Uh, um, the commentators yep. were saying it, which I think is an easy cop-out, but I do... Agree. Um, before he came off, he was definitely Everton's man of the match. And, and what I found interesting was when he was most effective. Almost was when he was really in the middle of the pitch, kind of on a counter attack type of type of feel to that run of play. I thought I felt that he was very creative. Um, we saw a lot of nice little neat turns and flicks, <laughs> specifically in the center, center of the pitch. Um, a lot of them very important for ball retention and in different areas, and, and he got the ball. He essentially got the team ticking, so I thought that he was a very influential performer. Obviously, it's always nice to see him linking up with Luca Dean on the left-hand side. Um, and Richarlison, as always, very lively, working hard to link up play. You know, he's integral to the side, right? Dominic Coward lewin is going to get the ball quite a bit, but I think that Richarlison really helped link up play, drive the ball forward, maybe had a couple of questionable decisions toward the attacking third. Whether to shoot or to pass, etc.
0: Yeah, definitely, and that that it's really nice to see the, how much it frees up both Calvert Lewin and Richarlison when they're playing together in a partnership. I think it, it's night and day to when Calvert Lewin was so isolated, playing as the single striker and always having to try to get the ball wide to bring the wingers into play. I think perhaps the the four four two or at least the two striker option definitely seems to be working for us as of late. Whether that's the long term plan, of course. A lot of Ancelotti's hand, as far as the lineup's concerned, was forced due to the injuries. And as and and even with the rampant injuries in the squad, this was a fairly decent lineup we were able to put out. So it was good to see. Um, Seamus Coleman, another player we haven't really talked about, he had an outstanding game today. I thought defensively he was really solid, and then even getting forward he was instrumental in uh with the, with Jabril Sidibe. They had a really nice link up throughout most of the match, and Coleman. I mean, almost manufactured a couple goals and then of course it was the cross from Sidibe that eventually led to the goal from Calvert-Lewin so I believe that's his fourth assist in all competitions this season and he hasn't even been playing for you know a lot of the beginning of the year so it just shows he is immense quality as far as I'm concerned snapping him up for the rumored 15 million dollar or 15 million euro pound whatever whatever uh, currency you prefer is going to be a really good bit of business for us, I think. And I, I, I don't see any reason why Marcel Brands wouldn't move forward with that when the season's done. Um, Alex, what did you make of, you know, we, let's see, total, I don't believe we really conceded um, all that many shots. Burnley really struggled. I thought that, again, the defense was, even when they were getting, Burnley were able to get forward and into the attacking third, our matchups with them I thought were really favorable. We always had at least one or two men on the ball, and, and they weren't really able to, create much, although they did have a couple chances from set pieces.
1: Yeah, I mean, overall, I think the tactics worked. I think individually, um, all performances were at least good. Um, to to your point about Bay and snapping him up, I absolutely agree. And I actually, my grandma's favorite player is Seamus Coleman by far. and can't falter for that. Um, and so you can probably imagine uh, how this conversation went earlier this morning when I told them that unfortunately it could be as soon as next year in which Seamus Coleman may not be you know a, uh, one of the first names on the team sheet anymore right back right we'll have John Joe Kenny coming back we have the option for Sidibe which seems to be um, a very viable option based on the four that he's, that he's had thus far I mean he's got a mean cross on his right foot that also gives us the tactical flexibility to play three at the back because we have I mean obviously Seamus Coleman can play the wing back role but in his in his older age, he's going to become less and less effective, and his crossing has never been well, nearly as good as Sidibe, right? Um, but overall, I thought it was a good match. I thought all of the matchups were favorable. Um, I do have one question before we kind of turn our attention to our next match in literally less than 48 hours, right? Now, I have kind of a spicy question for you, James, so get ready for it. Is it a getting <laughs> Is it getting close to about time in which we could make an argument that Holgate would be a starting caliber center back over Michael Keane?
0: The answer, my answer to that question is yes, because I think he suits the the style that that we are looking to play, especially the style we played today. I think if you saw Michael Keane in a similar position to Mason Holgate, where he's asked to have the ball at his feet and bring the ball forward a lot, we know that that's not a style that he's all that comfortable playing whereas Holgate looks natural on the ball. He had some really, again, talking about breaking the lines, Mason Holgate was instrumental in a lot of our play going forward due to his ability to pass through Burnley's defensive lines and find those little pockets of space, the midfielders and strikers making runs for him. I think Michael Keane just has never looked like the type of player who's who's comfortable on the ball. And if that's the style that Ancelotti wants to play, the attractive style, I just don't think... It's one that's really suited for him we We saw him bench towards the end of Marco Silva, and I think under Duncan Ferguson, we saw maybe a bit of a resurgence from Keene, but that's because of the style that again, in the interim, Duncan Ferguson wanted to play a very direct style, and that's what Michael Keane has always been best at. Now that we're looking to perhaps play a bit more ex- expansively, I don't see that being something where Michael Keane. Is gonna he's gonna have his work cut out for him if he wants to fight his way back into the side because again Mina much more comfortable on the ball and Holgate as well and when you're using Seamus Coleman as quote unquote third center back um, I think that says it all as far as what Ancelotti views as the strengths of of the respective players.
1: That is actually a really good point because it's it's super telling to see of the three center backs which two he chose or even at this in this case which three he chose in his first match in charge when we know that Michael Kean is fit. And one point, actually, really, although I guess we're not quite getting into the Newcastle game yet, one point that I did want to make that I saw, did you see the reluctance for our center backs to pass back to Jordan Pickford during the match, right? That they they almost made every effort in every situation to pass the ball sideways or get it forward before they passed it back to Jordan Pickford. That, to me, is clear sign that management said make sure you retain the possession and pass out of the back which is definitely nice because we did used to enjoy that a handful of years ago um specifically with a with a certain uh center back that went to man city that rhymes with bon bones but uh nonetheless <laughs> that was off the cuff games chill out
0: bon bones bon nice bones.
1: <laughs> uh nonetheless, no but, i mean
0: that's a good point
1: right so I found that interesting as well. I, I meant to bring that up earlier, but okay. So we are sitting here on the 26th Boxing Day. We played Burnley once again. We win one nil with Dominic Calvert Lewin, a diving header. We look at the fixture list and we see that we go away to St James' Park against Newcastle in literally less than 48 hours on Saturday. Now, obviously, with a quick turnaround, right? We're not going to go. We're not going to jump in and do a full preview. But I want to ask, how do you feel about? having a game in less than 48 hours, when we've now picked up, and, and this is a very damning statistic pointed out in Discord, um, eight points in the four matches after Marco Silva has departed. We've climbed to 13th on the table now with an eye on maybe 9th or 10th, depending on a win on Saturday. How important is it that we're able to go out and grind a result in less than 48 hours?
0: Oh, it's, it's absolutely massive, and I think... You know, Ancelotti probably put his best 11 out that he currently can field. How that's going to change on Saturday with such a quick turnaround, I don't know. I imagine they'll have tomorrow off and doing some rehabilitation, trying to get everyone back as, f- as close to full strength as humanly possible because he's going to want to play as many of these players again as possible. But I don't think he's going to be able to. There's going to have to be some, probably some tweaks made to the side. But, all that said, I think tactically the same type of style will be successful against Newcastle, or has the ability to be successful against Newcastle if we can execute and and with the same work rate. And I think that's the biggest worry going into a game with such a short turnaround is will they be up to the levels of fitness that you know they were at today, where they can run continuously? Um, it's not going to be as easy, which is why possessing the ball is so important because you just can't afford to be running yourself ragged. of the time, if that's what the possession you're conceding to the opponent. So I think, you know, Burnley are really well organized side. They don't concede easily. Newcastle, a lot of the same. I think we're going to see again, organization. They're not going to look to get forward all that much. We know that Newcastle are are having not the best season, although, um, you know, under the new manager, they have done all right and they have some quality players. So we will just have to be, you know, Joe Linton has, has been brought in and has had his struggles, but he's a quality striker on his day. So I'm I'm optimistic for the match, but again, it's going to be, it, it, Ancelotti has a really tough job on his hands with these, with these holiday fixtures. And we can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel now, but it's just about keeping everyone fit and healthy. And then, you know, using these games as a building block to, to kick us on for the new year.
1: Right. I mean, We know the answer is no, they will not be nearly as fit on Saturday as they were today due to the sheer amount of mileage they put on their legs today on Thursday. So it's going to be interesting to see how many changes he might make. I would say he might even go as as far as to, to make three or four changes. The nice thing is Newcastle do play a little more expansive than Burnley do. But furthermore, Newcastle are at home this time. We are not playing at home. Therefore, while the pressure is definitely on Everton to put together another win under our, our new um, Italian emperor, as NBCSN claimed he was before the match started, right? It's always, the onus is always going to be on the home team to to kind of break out of their shell, push the ball forward, score a couple goals. So it's going to be interesting to see that type of dynamic, the pressures on both teams. They do have some some good pacey, flair type of uh, attacking players like St. Maximin, for example, he seems like a character. So it's going to be super interesting. It's going to be very important. And who knows, we might even see a Moise Keane uh, start depending on if his hip's okay because he had a he had a very, very tough landing from a couple yards up onto his hip, and he, he he looked like he was moving somewhat gingerly.
0: Yeah, I thought Moise Keane looked pretty promising in his limited substitute appearance. It's nice to see Ancelotti immediately using him as an impact sub. I think he's still struggling a little bit to get up to the pace of the game. Uh, he he he's constantly trying to beat players in one on one situations, but he hasn't really had too much come off as of yet. So I think he's kind of due for a to get a start. But that said, who do you bench between Calvert Lewin and Richarlison? I mean, that is a really tough choice. If you have the choice of the three, I still think you go for Calvert Lewin and Richarlison over Keen and use him as a sub. That said, I would have liked to see him come on perhaps a bit earlier and to make a you know have a little more time to get to grips with the game because. As once we scored, I mean, the game opened up tremendously as far as the counterattack. And we, at that point, looked fairly content to just sit back and see the game out, which I'm totally, of course, totally fine with. Got to secure the three points above anything else. But um it's clear that Moise Keane has the opportunity and has the potential to really thrive in that impact sub role where he can come on fresh legs and really drive at the defense and get them backing up and create things off of that. So. Perhaps he'll get the start. Regardless, I think he'll continue to see increased number of minutes over the next month or two. As you know, we bring in Ancelotti, who has already spoken positively about Moise Keane, said that he wanted him in Napoli. And I think he'll take him under his wing and really look to develop him. But I still don't think he's quite ready to move above either Richarlison or Calvert-Lewin on the depth chart.
1: Very fair. I mean, I've been echoing those sentiments, but nonetheless, it's about time that he starts earning a couple more minutes. And furthermore, it's definitely about time he scores his first goal for Everton. So it'll be interesting. Um, hopefully, we can secure a win on the weekend. Obviously, we'll be back uh, Saturday after the match to talk about it. But before we wrap up, uh, we have a Discord channel, right? And we'll do s- score predictions in the Discord channel. And a friend in the Discord channel named M.S. Toffee called the scoreline correctly, but also called the assist and the goal score correctly. They called 1-0 Everton to debate to Dominic calvert lewin so shouts out to ms toffee because that is ridiculously uh good prediction score prediction specifically otherwise thanks so much for tuning in as always and up the top thanks for tuning in to the american toffee podcast
0: Come join our Discord community at invite.gg/atp, and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at USA Toffee Pod.